to the Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society presents Hobbitses! Those darn hobbitses. The wee folk. The tiny people. The little people running around doing the mischievous things, depending on the culture that you were from. That's who we are discussing tonight. We're discussing the big feet and the small stature. The lacking in the perpendicular. The hobbitses. <laughs> That's tonight. That's what we're doing. And some oh, of them yeah. do have 11 seats. And some of them do indeed do not have 11 seats. So tonight, we're going to be discussing hobbitses and the little peoples across all different cultures. And we know the one that, that is the most famous, which comes from J.R.R. Tolkien and The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, which is my personal favorite because I am an ultra nerd. I love it so much that I actually have High Elvish tattooed on my arm. As do Don't I. Judge. On my wrist. Same here. Don't judge me. Yes. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both fall in the nerd category. Yes, absolutely. I'm a dweeb. I love it. I embrace it. <laughs> it's fabulous. But we're just we're not gonna just be talking about uh, that particular group of, of we folk. We're also gonna be talking about how they are part of the Fae and the good folk and also the Polynesian culture and the Manahuni or the Manahuni depending on if you're talking about the Tahitian version, the Polynesian version, or the Hawaiian version. And then we also have... Uh-oh, I've got a brain fart. Oh, we've got the Trow. Um, yes, the Trow. We've got the Scarabray, which is basically um, the same thing as the Trow, little people, um, of the Fey folk. Um, and they are from the Orkney Islands, which we'll talk about later. But there's some really cool stuff that we've got planned for tonight. So, yeah. Yeah, and they're all little, and they're all adorable, and we all and we love all of them. Except for, look, okay, so they're, these, these, the Hawaiian, the Minahuni, okay? Unless you're going to do the Tahitian pronunciation, which is the Minahuni, um, doesn't refer to them being small in stature at all. It just means low people or low in, in society, like lowly people. Um, Interesting. It, yeah, it was basically a dig. Like you're... Or, or what you know, if it's low people as in subterranean people? Well, I mean, it could be. It could mean... Like, don't, don't start that. Don't start the, the dick in my noodle already. I don't... No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not We're not even five minutes in. We barely made it three minutes in and we're already starting to the noodle today. Oh, I've been on a roll on Discord. So, uh, yeah, I'm already prepared to, to bake the noodle. You're already in it to win it today. And I'm just, I'm not. I am not. I am already going to bed today. It's been a day. So, okay. So, back to what I was saying before I was rudely interrupted. Okay. Rudely. Be interrupted. The, Continue. Um, we got a question. Unit. Already? <laughs> I haven't even gotten that far. <laughs> what do we, right, what do we got? Oh, it's high. Here, here, here she go. Here, here she go. Already trying to turn our heads into into mashed potatoes. She's trying to turn yeah. our brains into mashed potatoes already. Here she go. Oh, also, hi, everyone. Oh, it's gonna at happen. Least, <laughs> at least Tina's on my side today. At least Tina's on my side today. So I'm gonna take that. She's on my side today for bacon noodles. So as I was saying, the Minahune were from they inhabited the Hawaiian Islands between zero and three hundred and fifty AD. And they were craftsmen they and the things that they built still stand today and they were put into the historical society and let's see one of them was a dam that was put into the historical society in historical places in 1978 which was a fish pond 
which is called referred to as the Minahuni fish pond. And the second one was also sort of like a dam. It was a wall that was built. Um, and that is also entered into the historical society and historical places. And I believe that one was in 1984, but you're going to have to correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm remembering that right. Um, and it is believed yeah, that these... November 16th. Oh, yes. Yes, I remembered it. Confirmed. Yeah. Kill ADHD brain. That's a win. <laughs> so these little people, these Minahuni, were excellent craftsmen. And they built overnight. And if it could not be built within that one night, they abandoned it. It was If it wasn't done by the time the sun was rising, they were like, yeah, nah screw this, I'm done. They didn't, they didn't go back to the project. They didn't try to come back and finish it the next night. They just let it alone. Like, this was not meant to be. wasn't meant to happen. But the things that they did build and manage to finish in that one night are still standing to this day. You can actually go online and see the the dam and the, the wall that they created. Um it's available to see online. Um, and we'll also post links in our Discord. Um, as far as the Discord channel goes, we've got that linked at the top. So if anybody wants to join us, um, we link all of our information there uh, after the podcast so that you all can check our stuff and kind of read it for yourself, grow, learn something new, you know, the fun stuff. So, yeah. You know, fill your head full of useless information that you can have and be fun at parties. Exactly. So, <laughs> these, okay, so the dam, I want to talk about the dam in this little fish pond. Okay, one, it's not little. It's not a little tiny fish pond. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's really big. It's, it's a full-size lake. It is. It's a, it's a full-size lake. And they, it was believed that they made like a, a chain gang pretty much and gathered a lava stone and passed it from one Minahuni to the next to build this dam and create a channel pretty much into a village and supply them. Okay water and food what can i can i stop you there um so as far as the importance of this goes just to kind of put it in perspective the stones these lava rock stones that they brought to this to build um were from 25 miles away so now think about that these little folk that were Anywhere from, I think, like two and a half to three and a half feet tall. Um, they had to have, there had to have been enough of them passing hand to hand these blocks that it spanned 25 miles. That's insane. Yeah, and built it in one night. Right? Okay, continue. Sorry. I just started wanted to stress no, the importance no. of that. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. No, you're 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 totally correct. It's completely insane. And they would start at dusk and end just before dawn. So it's and and it's just a bunch of of, of we folk just building a dam and a lake. Right. Here's some water, here's some fish. Enjoy. Do you think? Enjoy <laughs> our hard work. It's, it's what they crafted. It's what they did. But they were also, like, fearsome people, too. They just weren't, you know, these these wee people that just ran around and built stuff, too. They fought, too. Like, there was a whole hostile takeover by the Tahitian people. And they were kind of run out and ended up at what they called kind of it's Necker Island 
And it was, it's kind of considered to be one of the uh, hiding places, the last little place where the Minahini are and stay is on, on Necker Island. And they have um, stones. I think it's 11 of 19 of them still stand. Hopefully I'm going to roll and remembering correctly. You sure are. Yes. <laughs> oh, I did it after this. Um, <sighs> and it was considered to be a ritual place on Necker Island. Now, I... Seeing if you decided to go ahead and jump the gun and talk about bacon noodles tonight, I believe they could have gone underground at some point. But I lived in Hawaii, so there were a lot. There, it's alive and well. They still talk about the many things. They still talk about them coming down um, at night. And building and constructing and running across the roads, like you have to be careful because there are there are really uh, narrow winding roads that go up the side of these mountains that are there, and you're going to have to like slam on brakes because they don't they give zero crap about running across the road in front of your car. Now I've got a question. So the we folk have always been known pretty much in many, many other cultures to be tricksters and to not be not so nice to people and, you know, child stealers and stuff like that. Um, is there, does that happen with the Menahune? Is that a, a shared commonality between them or is like, are the Menahune just like straight up cool people. They're see they're not I didn't hear much about them selling children, honestly, in Hawaii. They were just revered as part of the island. They were their own people and they were um part of the, the Hawaiian culture and the Polynesian culture and they respected them. Much like the Irish respect the Fae you know, and their fearsomeness that they are all on their own, you know, and they have their own traditions and um, practices to ward them off. They didn't so much ward off the Minnehaha. Yeah, and that that's kind of what I find interesting. Like, I don't um, – the Menahune aren't necessarily a strong point for me personally. Um, I don't know a ton about them other than, you know, what I researched, but – as far as like, like with the Irish, like they, they had like wards and stuff to protect them because it, it was a respect, but it was also a healthy fear. Like a, let's keep our distance kind of thing. Like you would treat a tiger if you ever saw one, like out in the wild, you don't want to die. So you try to be the best you possibly could be like to let that not happen. Like let them not kill you or kidnap you or you know that kind of thing so i feel like that i I would think there would be like a a shared commonality there with like all the little people but it doesn't sound like there is it sounds like every culture's little people had different kind of characteristics they do with, uh, as like with the Hawaiians and the Minahuni, as they were a, a people and a race all of their own that were um, gifted and talented craftsmen, on the other hand, you've got the wee folk of the Fae in Ireland and Scotland and even of some of Germanic cultures that were just pure evil or just spiteful or tricksters that weren't there to help you at all. It's almost like a polar opposite. They, they, (laughs) they were not exactly the hobbitses that we know in Tolkien. Right. They weren't, they weren't uh, going for afternoon tea and loving mashed potatoes. They were, (laughs) they were going after your babies. And people, behind in their place in the cribs in the middle of the night so now the ones we're talking about tonight um are as as far as like the um 
the Irish fay that the sect that we're talking about is the trow. Um, and the trow, also uh, referred to as the drow for those D&D players, um, I, I'm assuming that's where D&D got it from, but they are, um, they don't necessarily like us, but they tolerate us. And like you said, they play pranks on us. They trick us. They, um, they kind of screw with us a little bit. And yeah, but at the same time, they do have their own little culture thing, which is kind of cool. Like they all, they like their spirits. They like their whiskey and a good rum and wine. And, um, they are, I guess, found in, like wine cellars and places uh, like nobility's places where they keep their alcohol because the nobility, like the nobles have the best wine. And so they were most mostly found in the houses of the nobility in their wine cellars. So that, and they love music. Um, their like, fondness yeah. of like the violin and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Um, in fact, on Wikipedia, I know Wikipedia can I'm not give the your, your mic's cutting out sweetness. Oh, is it any better? Can you hear me? Yes. Much better. Okay. Now, what were you? Sorry about that. Um, I was saying that they have this, um, this love for music too. And, you know, you hear stories about the Fae, you know, having, um, dances and stuff in the fairy circles and that sort of thing. But um, the trow, I guess, have a fondness for the violin specifically. And even some of the music that we have today um, traces its origins back to the trow. So, like, we have songs today that literally, like, somebody was walking through the wilderness and, or around the, the fairy mounds and heard this music like on the wind kind of thing, remembered it, learned how to play it and have passed that down to, you know, future generations to where now it's part of like our music. Like you can go on YouTube and listen to some of this music that like has almost like supernatural origins, which is really cool. So basically, there's some, there's some music out there that you could play that could possibly attract some drunk fay to your house. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> some I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's a thing. See, uh, well, it depends really on how you feel about dark fay, because this is true. Trow aren't exactly a part of the Seely Court. They're part of the Unseely Court, which is Unseely stands for the unblessed or the unclean, and they're the Dark Court of the Fae. They would be Queen Mab or Queen or Morgana. Um, and I honestly, I don't believe there's really a big difference between the Golden Court or the Seely Court and the Dark Court or the the unfeely court to be yeah, honest i don't either they're a little more gruesome they're a little ugly to be honest with you i feel like basically the the two different courts like the seely court they're just pretty and they'll kill you whereas the unseely court they're not so pretty and they'll still kill you so like right. there's really no difference they both want to kill you it's just one's one looks better than the other which eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really call that a win either way like either way you're screwed <laughs> either way you are exactly either way you are screwed I, you know a good point was brought up uh, by one of our listeners uh, the comparison of the Minihuni and the brownies yeah um, the, you know the brownies in in Irish folklore and a, a part of the the Fae court are basically like um, house notes. Um, they they come in 
and they attach themselves to a family in a home and they pretty much hang around in the kitchen in the common areas and they're nurturers. They would be yeah. a part of this court, the golden court. And they repair things. They're, they're craftsmen when it comes to like being a cobbler, like making shoes or cleaning up little messes or leaving nice little treats for you on your kitchen counter. You know, that's a brownie. A brownie is like that. Although I think brownies have gotten like the short end of the stick, to be honest with you, because everybody's like brownies are hideous and ugly and they'll attack you. But it's really more like pixies. <laughs> pixies will do that. Pixies look real pretty from afar until they get right up into your face and try to eat your eyeballs. Yeah. Now, see, brownies seem to be good natured almost. And I mean, you can still... They're still short-tempered, so you can still piss them off. But um, for the most part, they don't seem to really have a problem with humans. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they're just kind of your your fun-loving, um, house-cleaning. But um, it is said that you're not supposed to talk about them. And if you talk about their deeds, they'll stop doing what they're doing. So, which means if you have a nice, tidy house and they're all like, hey, I love your house. I want to stay here forever. And then you talk about them. They're like, nope, I'm out. Peace. So. When you piss a brownie off, you they go boggart on you. That's when you have to worry. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you, you, don't, you don't want to deal with a bogart. It's not. No. It's not. Because uh, uh, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, Bogarts will uh, reflect back one of your worst fears to you. So that's, if I'm remembering correctly, like they play off your fears. So that's. Uh, no. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to piss off a brownie. I just want to. No. I I want to be nice and keep keep them doing the nice, good things in my household. Now, see, I thought I had a brownie one time. This was, I want to say back in 2014-ish. One day, I was in my bedroom, and I heard a lot of banging going on downstairs. There was nobody home, and... I knew the state of my kitchen when I went upstairs. So when I came downstairs and found a bunch of cabinets open, but everything put away, I was like, uh, what? Cause <laughs> basically my kitchen had been cleaned and I had come downstairs in the middle of it and they noped out with the doors, like the cupboard still open and they just kind of left everything. The way it was, <laughs> That's I mean, the kind of of haunting I want. That's the kind of thing that I want in my house. Like, please, I'm too tired. Do my dishes. <laughs> I'll love you forever. Here's some some you know milk soaked bread, a little bit of honey to dip it in. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you could, if you've got time, please match the socks. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When I when I walked downstairs and I saw my kitchen, I was like, um, I'm going to go ahead and go back upstairs now. Just finish what you're doing. Just go ahead and, you know, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt. Continue about your business. Go, go back what you were doing. I didn't mean it. Please continue. That, yeah. See, now that's the kind of thing that I would like. I'll, I'll deal with that. Uh, a poltergeist, not so much. But this, it's like the anti-poltergeist. I'm going to put all of the things back in this place. I'll pick that <laughs> instead. Please, thank you for $500. A brownie. Now, I will say that I did not feel any kind of like creepy bad vibe when I came downstairs. So I literally just kind of backed up and was like, okay. And I just... Backed up, went back upstairs, and continued doing my thing. Now, unfortunately, they didn't come back to finish the kitchen, but I'm okay with that. They got it started, so I'm good. But <laughs> I appreciate what they did, and I didn't mean to interrupt them, but it's, I didn't get any kind of weird, bad, creepy vibe. Right, but it's almost like a, um, excuse me, lazy. This needs to be done. I'm going right? to get it going. 
for you, but I'm not going to finish. I'm going to need you, you know, to finish the rest of this. You know your house is bad when the, the little folk um, call you out on it. Right. They're like, you need to clean. This is looking bad. This, this is rough, honey. This is, I, I see you're having a rough time. I'll start it for you, but I'm not going to finish it. You're an adult. You're, you can do this yourself. Okay? Do it yourself. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. That's exactly how that would go. Now, now moving on from brownies to hobbitses. Right. So the hobbitses. trout. You've got your land trows, and then you've got your water trows, and the, apparently they do not like each other. Like they are mortal enemies, based on folklore and traditions. So, but the land trow, um, they reside under the hills. You know, they kind of like the hobbitses of Tolkien, but um, they create fairy mounds. Which you can actually, I mean, there's some really famous fairy mounds all throughout Ireland and Scotland that you can go visit. But they lived in these kind of, I, I want to call them subterranean homes, but they're not because they're, they're more just earthen homes. Like the, they're these built up mounds that they actually uncovered. Um, like in Scabra, um, there was a Neolithic um, house like subterranean house um, on the Orkney Islands. And there was, they did this archaeological dig. It was a, it wasn't a professional one. So unfortunately, you know, it wasn't done properly, but uh, that was done in 1913. But then um, in 1927, they actually got like, the official archaeology team in there and did like, uh, was it? Yeah, they did uh, carbon dating. And this thing was dated back to 3180 BC. Now, this house, they basically, they took the fairy mound and completely removed the whole top of it, kind of like lifting up the bowl of, you know, like on a plate, kind of removing the bowl and showing what's underneath. And I mean, there were bedrooms, there was a hearth for a fire, there was toilets, like actual toilets that had channels running away from the mound to get rid of the waste. Like these were technologically advanced for the time. I mean, basically, I, I don't want to say plumbing, but yeah, it was kind of plumbing in 3000 BC, which is just kind of mind-blowing. But the, the main thing is that these were, like the doorways to these were only about three feet tall. And the whole height of the whole place is only like four or five feet tall. So, like, these were made for little people. I mean, there's stone structures. What's that? I said, and that's all you get. You don't get any more room than that. Right? Like, they had a dwelling. They, like, these are homes. So, it's really cool that there's, like, actual physical evidence that... Little people, if they're not around today, they were at one point. I mean, this is, it's like hard evidence that a cryptid exists. Absolutely. So, so absolutely. I find that really, really interesting. That's absolutely interesting. I love how much like vague, because it is a little vague, but you got like, you've got this vague evidence of fey creatures kind of just sitting around I feel like it's their you know their their middle finger to the world I'm their (laughs) last their last trick pulled on society you know their last little deviant mischievous self you know I'm gonna leave little like a little bread trail for you a little crumbs all over the place, but I'm not going to actually give you the full answer. You know, that's, that's total fey propaganda right there for you. That's it. 100%. I also feel like 
um, modern archaeologists are kind of hesitant and afraid to admit that like this is a thing because if they do then it turns their whole world topsy-turvy and like they have to figure everything out all over again like they they're like we have our we have our history planned like we figured this out up to here but now things aren't meshing up so i don't want to touch it i don't like i want the wool pulled over my eyes kind of thing which it's like to me it's like it's it's like a fade jack in the box Right, you know, like it's like it's stupid because the Fae, like if the Fae do exist, that means that like their magic is exists. That means that you know the things that we have heard through myth and legend all now have merit, which means that like we have to completely redo our way of thinking in terms of like physics, in terms of ancient history like everything we have to rewrite all the books merlin so merlin yeah (laughs) merlin my boy merlin and that freaking island i'm getting one day one day you're gonna hear (laughs) that i'm finally gonna get to ireland that that island's gonna pop up and my ass is just gonna bloop i'm gonna disappear i'm gonna find him he's gonna be on the island i'm telling you now which island are you talking about? The one that we we talked we referenced a couple of podcasts ago. I believe it was under the paranormal umbrella. The one that just kind of floats out of the mist every now and then. Uh, oh yes, High Brazil or High Brazil, Brazil. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Now you said there was a race of, of people that lived on that island that had, huh? Rabbit people. <laughs> right, rabbit people. But see, I totally believe that they're just kind of like guards or whatever, like fey guards or something. And it's Avalon and Merlin's out there. He's out there living his best life. You know, on that island. I would, I would actually agree with you on that one because the fact of the matter is all the legends and myths of high Priscilla or Brazil or however you want to pronounce it. Um, all the myths and legends about that Island talk about a wizard that rules it. So Marilyn, Marilyn. <laughs> my boy, I'm telling you, he's out there living his best life. He's chilling in his Bermuda shorts, drinking a Maui Wowie, chilling, enjoying his life. And I'm going to, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Like one of these days, I'm just gonna blip off the map because I found Merlin. That's how you're gonna know. Terra disappeared. That's where she's at. Right there. Doing now, her thing. Actually, I read this really cool thing. I know we're getting off topic, but I read this really cool thing about um, it was okay. This is involving UFOs, so we're totally off track. But apparently, there was this like UFO, right? And it crashed. And Um, It didn't stay crashed. It eventually, you know, fixed itself and disappeared. But the people that saw it, um, I guess they, like, touched the the ship and, like, they got coordinates, uh, like a bunch of different coordinates, like 10 or 15 different ones. And they were all of, like, influential places, like the, the Great Pyramids of Giza and, you know... Um, Stonehenge and places like that. Well, mm-hmm. one of the continents was actually exactly where High Brazil uh, is supposed to be located. Like the exact um, latitude and longitude of High Brazil. See, now you're going to make my husband mad because now I'm going to be obsessed with finding this freaking island. Oh, I, oh yeah. I, I've done some like digging on that one. Going to be my next vacation. I'm going to pack. <laughs> if you take a boat trip out there, you got to take me. <laughs> I will go. I volunteer as tribute. We will together. We will find Merlin and we will drink Maui Wowie together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, like, so like, get back on topic here because we digress. Oh, oh, what are we doing? Hold on. Oh no! Oh, oh Lord! Boy. It's 
<laughs> I'm down. Let's go. I'm ready. I will argue oh, yes. right with you, babe. Heck yes. Yeah. I love his enthusiasm. <laughs> it's the support for me. All the love, babe. Thank you so much. That's awesome. We're going to go find Merlin together. <laughs> I love it. Well, you, you find him, you let me know, or I'll be there with you when you find him. Either way. I absolutely will. I absolutely will. So, okay, so back to the topic at hand. I yes. was told, okay, so the research that I have done on the drow, okay, the, the drow are night elves. Their Oops. skin is literally Real. the color of night. Real quick, we got a comment. Oh. Okay, usually I don't try to agree on going on trips with uh with y'all, uh, mainly because <laughs> Sooth be, be trying to uh, uh get us chase, <laughs> and I'm not for it. I will be like Road Runner if we get if we get chase. But for that, yeah, I'm going. It, it count me in. Count me in. I'll bring the snack. Tina's on my side now. Tina's on board for this one. See, now we're just going to have to do it together. We're all going to have to go. We're all finding Merlin together. This is going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hunt for Merlin is going to be our next T-shirt. Hashtag Hunt for Merlin. It's going to be amazing. Oh, what have we got? Y'all just have to drop me off in Scotland when we're done. <laughs> done, done, and done. Good field trip. Let's go. Let's go. That's gonna be awesome. Oh, I'm down. I'm making t-shirts and everything. Everybody's gonna have to hold the line, though. You know how the kindergartners <laughs> all have that one line that everybody's gonna have to hold to make sure that nobody wanders off. We're gonna have to have one of those because in this group, we well, somebody's gonna wander off. Probably right. will be. Yeah. This is but not the ha- area we're off in. <laughs> it, it would definitely happen, especially in this group. We would wander off in all sorts of directions. So we're going to have to have one of those kindergarten lines where everybody holds the rope together so that we don't wander off and get lost or trapped in a fade portal. I mean, because if that's happening, we're all going together, too. So that's a whole nother. Oh, I dress. Holy crap. Okay, so. <laughs> Look here, y'all. Look here. I'm getting excited about something that could never happen. Anyway, so <laughs> the drow, from the research that I have done on the drow, they are, they have the skin color of night. And they literally live underground. But they're like the, the redheaded stepchild of the elves. Like, right. they were banished from the elves and not recognized as an elven people, but they are elves. They're they're the night elves or the dark elves. So they're tall and have the features of elves and the same attributes as elves, like stealth and light-footedness and um, intelligence and stuff of that nature, but they operate more on the dark side of it. Like, they can manipulate night and darkness and shadows like the ninjas they're like the ninjas of the elven race so when we compare them to the trow i'm i'm kind of getting lost in translation here okay so in terms of like the trow versus the drow and all of that it's all um language assimilation kind of in in this regard so um the the word drow occurs in the Shetland Norn language. Um and it means the hidden people, fairies basically, troll folk or ghost. Um now in the Norse language, um the like in Old Norse, basically the same word um used in Old Norse is draugr, which Draugr are like the fallen warriors kind of like, um, I guess, I guess zombified fallen warriors. So it's interesting how like 
it you've got like different word associations like throughout the different regions, but they all are very different beings. So like, I think it would probably be best to just straight up keep them all separate. The trow or the trow, the drow or the drow, the drog drogers or yeah, drogers are zombies and never shall the three meet. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you on that one because I feel like they're just completely like separate races all together. Yeah. We got what do we got here? We're going to have to chain you to that line because you're going to run away. <laughs> the, the first of that line is a handcuff, so we'll use that. <laughs> you're going to handcuff me to the rope. Oh, my yep. goodness. <laughs> yeah, my understanding of dark elves in North mythology are closer to dwarves. They look more like that to everyone else. See, right. Yeah. In, in Norse mythology, they are more like dwarves. So I, I'm just going to have to accept that they're, they're different races and it's just a loss of translation in, well, in the name. And another thing is also um, culture. I mean, think about it. Like back then, I mean, we're talking 500, 700,000 years ago. Um they may have had a completely different view, whereas our view of the taller dark elves um, almost comes more from like fantasy interpretation. It it kind of reminds me of like what the um, what Hollywood did to Wendy Boy, you know, because they they took him and completely changed to how he was represented from a phys- from physical attribute what aspect um right and i think kind of the same thing is going on here where in modern times modern being the last 100 years or so we have kind of started creating our own myths and legends based on, you know, fantasy novels, based on more modern accounts, um, things of that nature, which um, it seems like every account is different based on culture. So So, our own culture is having its own, like, view of it. So would you say that they have been romanticized, perhaps? That is actually a very good way of putting it, yeah. See, I, I, I mean, see that. yeah, because, I, I you know, like, like shorter, dark trolls and stuff like that aren't necessarily as appealing to the big screen as like the tall, elegant, dark elves, you know? Yeah, I so, see that. I wonder I if that's it. kind of what's going on there in terms of the different you know, the different names for them. Hmm. Goes right back to that whole cryptid sexism thing, dude. <laughs> well, Lady Big Man, Lady Bigfoot, and, and, and the Banshee, they deserve better. <laughs> they deserve now, better. In the Scara Bray, um, that that area that I was telling you about where they had the the megalithic structure of the little folk. Um, right. Those actually were not considered trow. Those um, were considered cluricons. Now, cluricons are not to be confused with um, the leprechauns, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like, they are very different, even though they share a lot of similarities, not only in looks, um, professions, for that matter. I mean, they're cobblers, just like, you know, leprechauns. So it, it's interesting, like they share a lot of commonalities. Um, in fact, they even have um, a lucky coin that is why they're found or why they're like hunted almost. Um to have their this coin stolen from them, and yeah. supposedly the the Cluricon have a a coin pouch that has a single coin in it, 
And that coin is their quote unquote lucky coin that they spend it. And then after they take their wares and they leave, that coin makes its way back into their pouch. So it's like this never ending coin that they can spend as often as they want. Yeah, yeah, so okay. it's not a pot of gold per se, but it's it's almost like the equivalent of unlimited money. So, and the Clericons are also found in like wine cellars and, you know, places like that. But apparently they are like a nasty folk that if you get in between them and their alcohol, oh, you don't want to like... They'll they'll kill your cattle. They'll kill your family. Like <laughs> they don't mess hide around. Your, hide your wife. Hide your cows. <laughs> <laughs> right. They'll wither your crops. <laughs> now they're they're, they're described as. Heavy drinking little fellows with withered or faces like withered apples, and their noses are said to be plump and purple from all the boozing they do. Ah, oh, they already got a little fellers. That's terrible. They are right, they okay. already got a little failure. Um, I know this is completely off topic. Um, I accidentally left before I can go ahead and comment. I think it was Sacred Light that said something um, about you, about Sue being chained to the line <laughs> so that she doesn't get lost. We have to put bells on her and everything because the second <laughs> that we get there, she's going to want to be like, ooh, I want to see everything. She's going to be Dora the Explorer. She's going to want to go adventuring. Okay, she's going to have to put bells on her. We're going to have to uh, uh, put any kind of noise on her so we can hear it. Light flashing. Every time she moves a certain direction, the light's going to flash. Yeah, we yeah, we won't have to do that. Also, I do have to go, but um, I love all y'all. Um, and I'll talk to y'all later, if not in Discord, which they have already linked. Yay, I'm promoting. <laughs> um, but uh, that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, I have to go though. But love you, bye. Love you, girl, you brought bye. up that they'll kill your cattle. I'm about to leave. I am. But I just wanted to hear a little bit more. As soon as you brought that up, <laughs> I thought of um, Mushu from Mulan. If anybody's seen Mulan, the Disney movie, where Mushu was like, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. I'm sorry. This first thing I popped up. Okay, now I'm leaving. All right, bye. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's true, though. You got to hide all of it because they come in for everything. Your livelihood. They come in for your food. You might as well just hang it up. Just, just leave some fire water out and, and let them be. Let them drink also, themselves to death. Also, I'm making mental notes. Uh, I've got strobe lights. I've got handcuffs. I've got chain. Um, I got bells. What else do we need? Are, are we missing anything? Did I get them all? <laughs> I've already got a reputation. Already got a reputation. Now it's going to be a Right? Y'all already nicknamed me freaking Pandora. And now I've got to be, I'm Pandora the Explorer. There you That's go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I have been dubbed. I'm just going to rain down terror onto everything if I'm not chained to something to make sure that I don't start the next. <laughs> Apocalypse. <laughs> that's the thing I'm putting on the shirt. That's it. I'm gonna wear that. It's my badge. Of I am the. I am the walking apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's, that's me. You. That's me. There it is. Holy crap balls! Oh my goodness. Anyway. Let's get, I am I am not a cryptid, okay? So can we get back on? Because <laughs> we're starting we to get that cryptid status. I really am. Holy crap! I'm going to be <laughs> cryptid legend at this point. Don't provoke the Pandora, the Explorer. <laughs> now they'll bring it on our heads. In another part of the world, in Indonesia, they've got their own little people. Um, and they are called the Orang Pendek. Now, the Orang Pendek are more like a tiny Bigfoot. 
So that's adorable. Right? They're they basically have the same features as Bigfoot, except for the fact that they're only three feet tall. So So, Bigfoot is what you're telling me. It's the little Bigfoot. It's fun size (laughs) Bigfoot. Yes. That a pocket Bigfoot. That's adorable. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. So apparently um, in Indonesia, the people there live in harmony with the Orang Pendek and they will leave offerings to them of tobacco. And which means that, I mean, these things, well, I don't know if they chew it, smoke it whatever, what have you, like, they're taking it, so they do something with it. Now, they also have been known to uh, raid crops for ginger, um, like potatoes, corn, and I guess their favorite fruit is the durian fruit. Ooh. Yeah, which apparently is supposed to be, like, really stinky and is banned in several countries because of its smell, but you know. So they like sugar um, the fruit, and all not the, the not the pocket uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> the pocket Bigfoot Just is okay, but the fruit is not. Gotcha. The fruit is banned. So fruit is yeah, banned, but pocket but Bigfoot allowed. These little pocket Bigfoot, the Orang Pendex, um, cohabitate the the forests with the native people which I think is really cool. They live in harmony with each other. And I guess the, in the early, well, in the 1990s, um, there was a group of people that tried to go and get photos of it. Like they had actually gone out, um, had contact like with these little Bigfoot and um, I don't think they interacted, but they saw them. Like they witnessed them and they went, they came back for, to get like pictures and actually get them categorized and all of that stuff. And I I don't think anything ever came of it, but um, they, they're talking that the Orang Pendek might be the missing link. So now I don't know about that. Um, scientists are calling them the okay. I'm going to butcher this. The Homo floresiensis. I don't know how to say that any better. <laughs> My bad for butchering that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they have these bones of the Orang Pendek. Again, actual physical evidence. Um, dating back as early as 12,000 years. Now, they have found um, tools and actually butchered rhinoceros um, dating back to 50,000 years ago. So these go way back. So So these pocket Bigfoot are like, could potentially be the missing link or a branch in humanity. You just laid out a guide on how I could become friends with fun-sized Bigfoot. I need stinky fruit. Yep. I need some chewing tobacco. Maybe Mm -hmm. a Snickers. Because they haven't known the pleasures of a Snickers bar, so maybe a Snickers. And, you know, some Mexican street corn because they haven't been blessed with that goodness. And just you know, <laughs> go out to India and just sit and wait. Because I need to know, I need to have a fun size Bigfoot in my life because we see the big Sasquatch that we have here in North America. You know, we've, right. already, we've already touched down on, on them a couple of podcasts earlier. But these guys... I don't know. I just feel like we could be friends. Like this is something right. that could possibly and, be. And they're friends. not like they're not like necessarily afraid of us. They don't harbor any ill will towards us. They live in harmony with the people. So that's pretty cool. See, that 
that I feel gives us the chance, that possibility that we may be able to connect with them one day, which would be really cool. I'm sold. So now after we go find the floating island in Ireland and have some Maui Wowies with Merlin, we're going to see it so that we can have, you know, some Mexican street corn with fun size Bigfoot. I'm down. Like, I am in this. I am not going to lie. These Orang Pendek are freaking adorable. Like, they look so friendly and cute. I just, I want to hug them. You want to pinch their cheeks, huh? They're, they're, they're so cute. They're like little Bigfoot. Like, I, I can't explain it any other way. They're tiny little hairy people that have these, Hi. like, they, Fun they did, right. They did these, like, recreations based on the bones that they found. And they look really cool. They look like cute little people. I would totally little. hang out with these people. Little fairy people. That's it. I'm convinced. You don't have to convince me anymore. I'm already convinced. See, and now I just need to rope me a sky jelly and take me a sky jelly with me. And, <laughs> you know, it'll purify the air and eat all the nasties on the way there. So, I mean, it'll be great. This is, you don't have to convince me anymore. I'm, I'm going to <laughs> India. Cue with the Aladdin music. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. I gotta go. You don't understand. I have Sooth. to see this. It's just another thing that Sooth I have to see. Sooth and the Orang Pendic are going to be riding on the sky jelly singing, I can show you the way. <laughs> Eating Mexican street corn and Snickers. Fun size Snickers. <laughs> that is amazing. And yes, I absolutely want it. That is great. And it, and it needs to happen immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely would. And I want to do it immediately because that, that's incredible. Oh my gosh. Now I need to have a fun size freaking <laughs> Bigfoot in my life. Uh, and they are adorable. If you, if you guys haven't joined our Discord, you need to so that you can see the pictures of these wonderful little creatures and all the other links that we have posted to the other cryptids that we have spoken of tonight, including the hobbits and the trows and the drows and the leprechauns and all the other wee people, including the Manahuni or the Manahuni, if you are speaking of the Tahitian version. They're all there on our Discord, and the link to the Discord is provided above our little icon head up here. Um, we also have an IG, which is provided in our stereo profiles here. And if you're interested, if you enjoyed yourselves tonight, you can also find us here every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We do our Paranatural Cryptid Preservation Society, where we talk about any and all paranatural cryptids out there, from Bigfoot to Hobbits to Fae to uh, Poltergeist, and then every other Friday, we do the Paranormal Umbrella, which is history mysteries, ghosties, uh, satanic cults, rituals, D, all of the above. <laughs> so if you enjoyed tonight, please subscribe, follow us, all of that. We've started a YouTube channel, but we don't have anything on there yet because we're still figuring that out because we are YouTube illiterate. And um, we have some really fun news coming shortly about some other opportunities that we have gotten our greasy little hands on. And we will provide that information on our Discord as well. So thank you so much for being here tonight. And we enjoyed all of your comments and interactions. It just makes this even more fun for us. And um, I hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast for tonight on those dirty little hobbits. <laughs> And also join us tomorrow night for um, the Paranormal Umbrella, where we're going to be talking more about the Inner Earth conspiracy. So we are going to be continuing and picking that back up from the last time we talked about it. And we're going to touch on some other aspects that we didn't get to touch on because this is a massive field of information that 
we just we don't have all the time to talk about it. So we're going to continue that on tomorrow. Absolutely, so, we can absolutely cannot us. fit that all in one podcast. It cannot happen. Could not happen. So we'll be picking that up again tomorrow night at eight o'clock. So join us here on stereo so that you can listen to that and get your noodle bait. Because there's going to be a lot of that going on. I just know it. I can feel it in my bone marrow. He's <laughs> going to be baking my noodle tomorrow. And it's going to be fun because you never know what craziness is going to pop up during these podcasts. So, again, thank you so much. And hope to see you next time. Take care, everyone. <laughs>